So today, I hope we get a lot of listeners from both substitute teachers and teachers because we're going to talk about three initials that mean different things to different people when it really shouldn't. Let's talk about IXL. All right, so let's get episode 94 of Substitute Teachers Lounge. Let's get it started. Let me tell you, too, that means we're about six weeks away from our 100th episode. You know, I'll probably do something special. I just don't know what that's going to be. Right now, we're right in the middle of March. I just celebrated a birthday. My kids were really good to me. Lots of homemade Birthday cards for Mr. Collins, those are the best kind. I would much rather have the cards that the kids spent some time just kind of doing on the spur of the moment. Nobody had to. They just kind of gave them to me, so that was fun. So that means we're about a month and a half, six weeks from our 100th Substitute Teacher's Lounge episode. Let me know. Go to the Substitute Teacher's Lounge Facebook group. And let me know what you'd like to hear for that 100th episode. And we'll go from there. Lots of fun stuff this week. We're going to talk about a program that if you ask your kids about it, maybe the majority of them will say they hate it. And there's really no reason for that. And we'll talk through a lot of why some of the kids are saying that and how we can improve that and how it's just as important for substitute teachers to learn about it as anything. Just as a follow-up, though, from last week, last week's episode was on Frontline. I recommended that you just use a web page on your iPhone and not the app. I installed the app just to see where it would go. Now, I turned the notifications up on the app, and it's really fast, too. So if you're not wanting to spend the $5.95 a month for wh- or whatever it is for SubAlert or any of the other programs that give you that alert possibilities for when substitute teachers' jobs come open, well, I tell you what, Frontline was only seconds behind SubAlert. The other one's Jobulator, by the way. Here's what I noticed. I had notifications turned on for both. There were some times when Frontline was only like two or three seconds behind SubAlert. Now, SubAlert was always first. I will say that. SubAlert was always first. I think the most might have been 10 seconds. I'll leave that up to you as to whether that's worth it to you to get away from SubAlert and go back to Frontline, but... I have to tell you, I'll have to eat my words a little bit. Frontline app is a little bit better now than probably the web page. So I will keep that turned up last week, learn how to use Frontline, and then, you know, we'll go from there and you can decide which one you'd rather do. Now, IXL. Okay, if if your kids react negatively, I'm going to tell you right now until about maybe six weeks ago, I might have kind of leaned their direction. I don't anymore. Here's why, okay? 
As I've told you before, I substitute teach in eight different schools. The school I have substitute taught for all year this year, you know, we've only got nine weeks left. It's really gone by fast, and we're all back in the building now, so thank goodness for that. And just as a side note, guys, it is March 13th, 2021. The CDC has just said that those of us that are fully vaccinated can take our mask off inside of the buildings. I'm not sure how that will trickle down into the schools. If you're listening to this in the future, you know how it happened. So maybe if you get sophisticated enough to have your classes build that time machine, come back and tell us because I'm curious as to how it's going to go. But so we're all back in the classroom. All seven of the schools, other than the one I'm in that I taught, all had IXL, all used it in different ways. This school did not. It was very expensive. Turns out, I don't know what happened, but our principal got a really good deal on it. So now we have it too. And one of my favorite students, her mother is a math teacher. I know that she is one that dislikes it. I'm trying to change her mind. And I know exactly why she dislikes it. So that's what I'm going to address first. We're going to do a little how-to on IXL, how to make it mean more to your students. We're going to show you how it's important, not just for teachers, but substitute teachers and how you can get it as free as possible if you're a substitute teacher, because it is rather costly otherwise. We'll talk about all that. So I think it is going to be a very good how-to and why type of show today. I will tell you this, while I was doing a little research, it doesn't matter which side of the IXL argument you're on. If there are sides, you're going to find plenty of negatives. You're going to find plenty of positives to support whichever side you're on. So far, it sounds like politics, doesn't it? You can always find something to support your side. I'm just going to give you my view and tell you how it has changed over the years. First of all, if you're wondering what IXL stands for, it's really just phonetically means I-X-L. They abbreviate it to the letters I-X and L. So if you want, if you don't know anything about it, search it now. There are trial versions you can buy, just kind of experiment, see the format of the questions. Before I get into a lot of details about what IXL is good for, let me tell you how it can be bad. And before I have the IXL company contacting me, I don't mean bad from the IXL standpoint. They teach it correctly, I think, because I've done some of their tutorials. I agree with Most everything they've said, I don't do it exactly the way they have told us in some respect, but I don't think there's any program that I use with my students that I use it exactly the way it was taught to me. I like to learn how to do different things with it on my own. But one thing I did notice, there are some schools that I will see maybe overuse it only from this standpoint. I have been to some schools that it is such a huge huge part of their grade that if they get behind on it 
it really discourages the students. I'll give you an example. I did run across one student at one school that had gotten way far behind. And it was a school that I was teaching in. And they asked me one day, could you mention to this student about how far behind they are on their IXL? And I'd seen them use IXL. I didn't have a subscription myself. So I just kind of observed for a while. And then I went up to the student. And the student, I would classify as very participatory in class, came up with the answers to problems quickly when they were assigned. I would send the student to the board sometimes to do problems. They did it very quickly. They were good explaining. So when the student told me they had a C in the class, I'm thinking, what in the world has happened? Well, it had turned out that the student had gotten behind in their IXL work what this particular school chose to assign to them. The school doesn't have to assign anything. The school could just use it as a learning tool, as a practice tool. This school, and this isn't to fault the school, this might be the majority as far as that goes, this school decided to be make it be a huge, huge piece of their grade. Now, here's what happened. This was right around spring break, three quarters of the year. This student was discouraged. They had gotten behind. They were so far behind. They didn't think they would ever make it up. And I could kind of see the way the teacher shared with me how the grading was set up. I knew IXL was a huge percentage of their grade. So I'm thinking, man, I wonder how much this student's grade would move if they got their IXL caught up. Well, I finally got through to them. They spent three or four days getting IXL caught up and doing just that. And of course, this was, you know, the the after the third nine weeks, there's just four nine week sessions in the school. That student's grade went from a C to an A only because they caught up their IXL work. Now, that might be a little too much percentage given to IXL, in my opinion. And I know one thing for sure. If you care at all about what the students think about IXL, well, maybe it's time to back off on it because if we drill it into their heads and make it a difficult process for them to catch up on, well, that's going to discourage them. And that's why so many students have a bad taste in their mouth about IXL. I, on the other hand, the first time I was exposed to it as a substitute teacher, I saw a student doing it. I watched over their shoulder for a while. They were doing well. But even they told me they didn't like it that much because of the way the school had set it up. That was actually a different school I'm talking about now. I kind of liked the way the questions were set up. I liked the way they flowed. I liked the way different students got different questions based on where they were in their progress. IXL is obviously something that should be used for what it's intended. There is a rating system built into IXL that is basically goes up to 100 It's not intended to be 100%. I 
I think that sometimes that's where we go wrong because with IXL, it's difficult to reach the 100, what they call smart score. Now, if you don't say anything to the students about what you want their smart score to be in an IXL assignment, and the students want to strive to get an A, well, it's tough to get up to 90. It's really not intended to get up to 90 as far as an assignment goes. Let me explain why. They usually recommend a SMART score between 60 and 80. That Again, that is not percentage, so don't be discouraged when we say 60. 60 to 80, my particular classes, I'm usually at about 70. I want them to get a SMART score of 70. Here's what that does. When they achieve that, when they answer the questions to finally get up to the SMART score of 70, and, you know, if they miss one, they might have to do one very similar so to, to prove that they know what they're learning rather than just going through a standardized test. It's much better in that regard because it doesn't lift the student up until they're ready to be lifted up. Once they get to a SMART score of 70, if that's what you choose for your class, well, they can quit. They can go on to something else. Or here's what I really like about it. If you challenge them and say, now, IXL says 100 is kind of hard to get on there. Maybe you want to strive for 90 to see how good you can get. You know, we have these end-of-the-year tests that we're going to have to take eventually. Why don't you strive for doing it a little bit better? And I'll be honest what I'm using right now, I am shocked at how many of my students actually strive to get higher than the 70 SMART score. Now, I have noticed that when I assigned, the other day I assigned, they were short, but I assigned three different IXL practice sessions. Well, I could tell before they even started, they were asking, do we have to do all three? If I had to do it over... I would probably just have assigned one IXL assignment, but have them do, maybe work on it just a little bit longer, maybe shoot for 80 instead of being involved with so many questions on three different areas. But that falls into the live and learn. So here's my first suggestion on IXL. Don't make it such a high percentage of the class that the kids come to hate it. I don't care how great a teacher you are if we don't find out ways to make our classes fun and encouraging for students and instead throw things at that at them that are going to be discouraging, well, we're not going to get the responses we want. So we need IXL to be given to them in an encouraging way. Here's how I think you can better yourself. We won't use it as a huge part of the grade. We'll use it as practice, perhaps. Maybe that's one of the things. At the same time, you can design tests on IXL. You can do it that way. I'll talk about it a little now. There's what's called, I'm looking at the screen as I'm talking. They, you know, a lot of times you'll start with your dashboard. It's got a mountain on there. It shows the skills that your students have mastered, how much time they've spent on it. If you've got multiple classes, of course, you can filter it by your class. There is a diagnostic part that they can click on, and then it 
It acts like you're going into a game arena. Keep in mind that when you do that, there are, if you want it to be specific just for your one class, well, there are math and reading topics both. And as far as I know, it goes through all 12 grades. So it's very dynamic, but you can do You can look at questions that have been difficult for students. You can look at live classroom situations. You can look at the skills they practice, what it said about them. I think my favorite topic to go to or favorite tab to click, I should say, is the one that's called the student's quick view. I can go to that. You can choose the skill grades you want. The date ranges last 30 days is what the default is. You can make it just today, yesterday, all time, custom, whatever you want. You can click your drop down and only go to certain classes that you have. That's what I'm doing right now. It tells us my classes have spent 12 hours on it. It tells me what they have worked on the percentage that has completed, and I am very encouraged by that. I can tell the day I assignment. You know, I have found, first of all, that I have found that IXL is most encouraging when you assign it in the classroom and you're there with them because I haven't had a session of IXL go by at all without questions being asked questions shown to me. You know, sometimes it's even saying things like, Mr. Collins, can you believe that they've given me a question like this? And when I look at it, sometimes I'm surprised too. I try not to show it, but then I'll say, you know, the only reason they're giving you a question that hard is because you earned it. You did so well on the other questions it's challenging you. Now, if you miss that one, it knows, okay, you're not quite ready for that question yet. Let's just back off a notch, give you this question instead. So I like the way IXL is set up in that regard. Now, it's got a topic search bar at the top. And when you go up there, you can type in any topic you want, any grade level, if another teach you, teacher told you the code of a topic, topic, you can just type that in. And I think it works real well. I'm going to type in as we're talking. I'll just type in multiplication and it will tell me all the different types of multiplication items that I could assign. Under multiplication, I can already see, in fact, there's so many results that I'll have to show, click all results to see them at the same time. It's got multiplication for second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, algebra, one and two, pre-calculus and calculus. So you can narrow it down. I can just click one of those grades. I'll click seventh grade. There's 24 skill types for that integer multiplication for, you know, questions as simple as is 29 times negative 27. Is that going to give you a positive or negative answer? All they do is click. When you click on it, it goes forward. Now I'm in a teacher view right now, and it tells me that this code for this level is K7U. So if I want to write that down and remember it, I can assign K7U. So 
that's what IXL is good for. You can assign it. I would encourage you to work in the classroom. I would, you know, this is a school system's decision. So who am I to say that don't assign it as a huge part of the grade? That's up to you guys. If you think it does that great a job, I would rather that be on the backs of the teacher as far as teaching through IXL rather than just assigning IXL. Now, substitutes, here's the deal with you guys. You need to ask your teachers, do you use IXL at this school? Is there any way I would be able to have access to that in case you're using it in your classroom when I substitute for you because I want to be familiar with it? Just ask them that. Maybe the school has a way to make you a part of their account, then you wouldn't have to pay for it. A lot of you substitute out there are already part of a school system, so you might already have access to it. So just find out how you log into it. Get familiar with it. Get familiar so that, you know, maybe another one of those things you can do when you have time left over at the end of class, just throw in a little short IXL lesson, even if you only have them get up to 50 smart score. That's okay. Given the situation that you're just kind of wanting them to rebrief themselves on what they're doing, I think that would work out perfectly. But substitute teachers, get familiar with IXL. Be ready to learn how to assign it if you can in your school district. Especially be ready to learn how to react to it when your students have to do it in the class you're subbing in. You never want to go into a class blindly, so always try to learn things like IXL before you go in. I will tell you there are plenty of YouTube videos. If you just type in IXL, you could even type in your grade. You can get, you know, some tutorials on what to do if you're subbing in a classroom that's using IXL. You can look over their shoulders, see what kind of problems. I like to just kind of crouch down beside them and say, hey, let me uh, let me see you work this one. Take your time. If you want to go ahead and click because you think that's the answer, go ahead. If you want me to look at the answer you're getting ready to enter, I'll do that too. I'll give you some advice if you need some advice. I know a lot with 6th and 7th grade right now, it's really a brain freeze a lot of times when you try to remember how to handle negative numbers. If I have a negative one and I'm subtracting two from it, well, is that one or is that negative three or negative one? How do I handle all those negative numbers? If I multiply negative one times negative three, is that a three or is that a negative three? All kinds of things that IXL can walk you through and do that. So I think it is time for us to be encouraged by tools such as IXL and learn how to use them. Maybe not from a total standpoint, but from a teaching standpoint, using it in the classroom to improve our students. Do that for me. If you're a substitute, sign up for the trial, get familiar with it. You might be familiar enough just going through the trial. I forget how many weeks. But I did that before my school bought it just because I liked it that much. I was going to kind of cheat, to be perfectly honest. And I was going to kind of make notes of some of the problems I saw when I was in the trial. And I was going to share those on the board. 
And then shortly thereafter, they told me the school was going to buy it. So I was excited about that. I actually was excited enough that I got into it before the school even made the formal announcement and started using it. So you can use it. I know for math and reading, you can use it for a lot of different type of learning skills that the students need to do. So teachers, use IXL in an encouraging way. Don't just assign it and walk away. Assign it and walk around. Show them what to do. And substitutes, you need to learn it as well so that you're familiar with it when you go into the classroom. All right, so that will do it for this week. We are getting more and more. I'm seeing more and more substitute teachers' openings go unfilled. So, again, like I said a few weeks ago, substitute teachers are back. We've got nine weeks left to go, depending on what we do with the... We called them snow days. They were really ice days. But what we're going to need to do in that regard for those... So, hopefully, everybody is getting healthy, safe. We're moving forward. And I hope this helps you use a very important tool in the classroom so that the kids may actually enjoy it. Okay? See you guys next week. Music provided by Ben Sound.